With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production, available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details. Week 6 is in the books, and the San Francisco 49ers march towards Miami. That's the big takeaway from Week 6. We're going to uh, do a quick recap of some of the big stories, because there actually were. Uh, a fair amount that happened because there were some good games between some good teams. And then uh, we're going to guess the lines and see what uh, the look-aheads look like for week seven. Let's rock. You said you were going to sing Nelly Just Dream, I thought. Uh, was that was go- from earlier in the day. You I was promised. going to. It's late, man. We'll yeah. see if maybe we can get there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. L- let's start here. Are the Pats, are they just going to walk no. to another Super Bowl? I don't think they're going to. Well, no. I mean, they have to get through the AFC playoffs. Right. That's my point. Are yeah. they just going to strut? Because the Kansas City Chiefs, they, a second straight week where they did not. It wasn't that they didn't look good. They looked bad and this time it was more so the defense right last week Mm -hmm. the offense looked really terrible got shut down by a Colts defense that was not good and probably isn't that good I know Mahomes was hurt they get Tyreek Hill back this week they score 24 against a Houston defense at home right I don't think that it should be something to write home about and then the defense just gets absolutely torched yeah I mean well okay but and I agree. This is a, a horrible loss for Kansas City. Losing two consecutive games at home to AFC South opponents is not a good thing. Um, 
However, you're looking at, you know, the inactive list for Kansas City today. Sammy Watkins, uh, Anthony Hitchens, who's a starting linebacker for them, uh, Eric Fisher, and Chris Jones, right? So four of their, you know, starting caliber players are out. Left tackle is an important position. Eric Fisher is an important player for them. Sammy Watkins as well. We have seen Mahomes, Mahomes is a little bit banged up. Um, and they probably win that game if they don't clown show the end of the first half, right? I mean, yeah. so there's there's a little bit of noise there. I agree they haven't looked good, but you know, I'd rather you know if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'd rather them lose you are. these two games here than two games later in the season because they did the same thing in week you know in week whatever whatever it was, 15 and 16 last year. They lost at home mm-hmm. to the Chargers. They lost on the road to Seattle team. Neither of those teams were particularly great, and they lost to them. Colts, Houston, I think, are similarly yoked there. But we also saw today in a Houston team, a team that I think can compete for one of the spots in the AFC as well with New England. And New England hasn't exactly been good at every facet of football so far this year. Okay. I I do like your point about the Chiefs, and I agree. I think they're a little banged up. I think Mahomes is still a little banged up, and he hasn't as great as the beginning of the season was for him, it was a little facetious, right? His, his numbers were way less. And you got a lot of flack for that, right? I mean, as a company, Mm -hmm. but, um, but there is something to that. I I don't believe that he's hit his stride yet. Getting Hill back will certainly help getting Watkins healthy in the offensive line. But I think you summed it up perfectly by saying the Patriots won't roll because, Hey, the Texans are pretty good. Let me, I got news for you. You know who Bill Belichick ain't losing sleep over? Bill O'Brien, Romeo Cannell, and the Houston Texans. But to, hey, let's step he, back for a second, no. though. Bill O'Brien made a very cool and, and good decision today for Houston, did he not? Great. Congratulations. That ain't going to get it done against the Patriots. Okay. Here's what I would say is that the Patriots are, we know, everyone is talking about how the Patriots don't look good yet. Well, of course not. They never do. That's the whole point. They gear up for the playoffs. They look better now than they normally do at this point. Remember what was happening last year at this point? People were losing their minds. So I I really am worried personally that the AFC is even worse than we thought. And the Patriots are just going to stroll to to another another Super Bowl. My thing is I think we know less about the New England Patriots than we are made to believe sometimes. And, you know, them facing the Jets with, you know, Luke Falk, the Giants with, like, sort of breaking in Daniel Jones and no other players. Um, Buffalo gave them a game, right? And they look terrible against Buffalo. And that's basically the only decent team that they've played. Um, So... What I, and granted, I agree with you. I think they should be number one in our power rankings with a bullet. I think that the teams in the AFC that are, uh, you know, I don't think there's a team in the AFC I'd rank higher than sixth or seventh. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to like I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step back from saying okay this this spells doom for the comp- competitive nature of the AFC moving okay, forward. So you're not overreacting to it. I'm not gonna overreact because I think that will be there will be an overreaction for sure. And, and I, you go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say I'm with you because there's just. That there's so many pieces to the Patriots that I think right now rely on the defense, and you just never know. Like guys can get hurt, yeah. and so I, the offense does. I, it will take some time to get rolling, and there's always the chance that it doesn't. So, um, the the Houston Texans are interesting because you mentioned the Bill O'Brien decision, mm-hmm. right? A fourth and three at the 27, I believe. Yep. And 
kudos to him for making the right decision because if it goes wrong and Pat Mahomes marches down your throat and ties the game and you lose, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. But as we'll talk about tomorrow in our AWS decision of the week piece, that was the right decision to make yep. but with a bullet uh, to borrow your phrase. Cause if we can use that right. twice, we have to, um, it, it was, it was the right decision. He made it. And then you've got Deshaun Watson who, I would throw into the MVP race right now. Yeah, right. I, I and, and I don't even think he played his best game today. Right, he threw two interceptions. He was under se- seven yards of pass attempt both overall and when clean. But when the Chiefs blitz him today, right, he was ten of twelve, eight point seven yards per pass attempt, a passer rating of one hundred two point eight. That was where he got his best graded throws. He was terrific there. And, and I think for me, you know, when I look at you know this offense. They didn't do anything really down the field. He completed two passes over 10 yards downfield. He was 14 of 16, though, for 100 yards down the middle of the field, underneath 10 yards. And to me, like that was where the Chiefs defense was vulnerable. Anthony Hitchens is bad. His backup's even worse, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he did a good job. The, the Texans' offense, I mean, Carlos Hyde, Dan Fouts compared him to Earl Campbell on the, on the broadcast. Yeah, not quite. And... You know, he did have, you know, 60 yards after contact on 26 carries, 116 yards overall, 4.5 a carry. It does look like teams that can at least stay close. If you can stay close to Kansas City, right, if you can stay within a score of them, there's a blueprint out there, and it's to basically run all over them. And and Carlos Hyde has demonstrated you don't need a talented running back to do that. Uh, and, and you know, if I'm, the, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm going to be a little bit nervous about that because you're just putting undue strain on your quarterback to boat race teams. And in the playoffs, that's just simply not going to be the reality. You're going to be in these close games and your defense is going to continue to get exposed if that's the situation. Well, Deshaun Watson had that deep throw to Will Fuller that Fuller lost and appeared in the sun. Yep. You know, that could have been very different. The one thing that would give me hope if I'm a Chiefs fan, aside from having the best quarterback in the NFL, is that catastrophic end of half situation yeah. was so terrible. I mean, so terrible. That happens well, will happen once this season, probably, right? Um, and it's hard to overcome. But you expect the Chiefs to be the type of team that can overcome it. And they aren't hitting on all the cylinders that they need to make mm-hmm. that happen um, right now. So... We'll get out of it uh, with this. In the AFC, who's the bigger um, competitor to the Patriots? Is it the Texans or the Chiefs? Uh, or I, I have to say it's Houston at this point because they, they have the tiebreaker with Kansas City and they have the same record. And right now, I think their defense is slightly better. And they have – I don't think their quarterback is nearly as good, but the supporting cast I think is every bit as good. The offensive line is – is, you they know, both suck. They, they both suck right Cam now. Irving was terrible. And the three wide receivers for – you know, the, you know they, mm-hmm. they finally getting tight end use out of Fells, but then you know Hopkins is the best receiver in the game. Fuller's great. Uh, and when they get Kenny Stills back and Kiki Kuti, that's a good offense. No, I'm with you right there. And here's the thing. Deshaun Watson is certainly not the passer that Pat Mahomes is, but – his mobility so much, and ability yeah. to create with his legs it helps even that today. It was evident at a couple of uh, runs for, for he touchdowns. wasn't pressured as much as normal. Eight out of 39, eight out of 47 dropbacks, which is, you know, basically it's, you know, 20, 20 ish percent. Mm-hmm. That's well, 
That's half as much. Half as, as much as he's normally used to. And I, a lot of that is the Chiefs. You know, they're not getting anything out of Frank Clark up front. I was, I was just about uh, to say. And the, that's why you pay yeah, all the money for and, Frank and, Clark. You know, and, and we saw that coming a mile away during the offseason. We were very upset about that. But, the, um, but you know, kudos to, to, kudos to Bill O'Brien. Kudos to the Texans for going in there and getting a, a win in what is one of the hardest home field advantages to get a win in. Yeah, but what I think was really cool about the Bill O'Brien thing was the Chiefs' offense had not looked great, yet he understood that the base rate for them yeah. should be what you respect. All right, to the NFC where there was a really big game, and I'm wearing a red shirt for a reason. And despite the fact that our lock of the week was the Rams minus three, um, I'm I'm a little excited because yeah. the Niners just put the smack down on the Rams. It was really ugly. And this game had a similar... There was a similar turn in this game to the Chiefs game, right? The Rams yeah. get the ball coming out of the half, and uh, Jared Goff flips it to generational talent, Daryl Henderson, who then punts it backwards, yeah. and the Niners pick yeah. it up. Now, I don't know if that would have totally changed things, but it was definitely it definitely affected the morale of the Rams, and the Rams just proceeded to get stomped all over. So here's the question. Are the Niners... Uh, the best team in the NFC. Uh, I I said this last week. I'll continue to say it. I think I think the New Orleans Saints are still the best team in the NFC. Um, a lot of unknowns there with the quarterback play, but um, with, with who with the Saints? Yeah, I mean we don't know how Breeze is going to come back from his injury when and how well. Yeah, because if I look, I look and, and granted, San Francisco is awesome. I mean, you look at their defense; they absolutely after the first drive of the game gave the Rams everything. The pass rush, uh the roid rage like celebrations from the defensive coordinator, the Bob, Bobby Salas, the my man. The their secondary played fine. I mean, and granted, I don't know how much of this is assisted by the fact that Jared Goff simply couldn't do anything today. Um but the Niners you don't have to apologize for the other team playing like crap against you. And the, and their defensive front, I mean, they, you look at the investment they've made. Solomon Thomas came off the edge for a strip sack today. Eric Armstead, DeForest Buncher, inside are, are terrific. And then you have D Ford uh, and Nick Bosa as well. Like that's, I mean, that's hard for an offensive line as weak as the Rams to go up against. And I think the thing that we didn't really realize was like, I just Jared Goff's not Jared, Jared Goff can't play. And, and that's, and that to me, like that's a, that's a huge deal. But when I look at the 49ers moving forward, you take away the other team not playing well, and there's a huge question about whether Jimmy Garoppolo can match wits with another good quarterback. And today, you know, he got a clean pocket on, you know, basically, you know, 24 of 35 dropbacks, less than 6.5 yards per pass attempt in those situations, zero passes caught that traveled over 20 yards in the air. And, you know, the tur- they had turnovers, right? They had a, a turnover in the red zone that was intercepted by Marcus Peters. They had a, a strip sack uh, on a, on a you know, play when, you know, the Rams were all but dead uh, and let them come back into the game. So I'm always just a little concerned about Garoppolo and the fact that the, the Niners, aside from George Kittle, don't have these great receivers. That's the thing. This win was, this felt more about the Rams than the Niners to me, which is interesting because the Monday night game felt, like it was all about the Niners, right? And their yep. coming out party and their defense is so good. And we said last time, and I thought I felt pretty good about this, which is the Niners have the type of team that can beat bad teams. Oh, yeah, and beat them ruthlessly. Now, maybe the Rams are a bad team. 
that might be the takeaway yeah. here instead of saying that the Niners are this great team because Garoppolo made some very poor throws, right? The one that was actually intercepted in the uh, in the end zone. Yeah. He has the the Brady-esque characteristic that you don't want, which is the sometimes when they're under pressure, instead of throwing it away, they just like sort of flutter it yeah. up there. And you're like, what are you doing, man? Um, now, in fairness to him, he didn't have to do a whole lot because it's, Jared Goff it's the was Bridgewater so discussion where you're wondering is it a is it an error of omission or commission? I I I'm I was about to say that, but I think he didn't make throws because he didn't have to. Sure. And the other thing was their O line was as bad as the Rams was. Like Lake and Tomlinson, Mike Person were I getting just, absolutely ravaged by Aaron Donald, yeah. who is a freak. And this goes to show you. I mean, like Aaron Donald was still great in this game, and we didn't even talk about him much because the Rams offense was so bad. The Jared Goff thing is so weird because I think the narrative tomorrow, we're going to hear a lot of, well, they didn't have Todd Gurley. Well, on the first possession of the game, they didn't throw the ball once. They ran the ball straight down the Niners throats. And then somehow, some way the passing game didn't burble up because of this. Well, and they had other drives too. They had the ball inside the five yard line on a drive that was mostly consisted of run plays. And they didn't get a fourth down. They had the, you know, so uh, honestly, like you think about this and, you know, we were now four and two on the lock of the week, blah, blah, blah. This game could have probably gone in either direction. There were some random plays that put the Niners out ahead. There could have been other random plays that put the the Rams out ahead. And then the same issues that, that beset Goff, you know, came upon Garoppolo. Right. But it just, just didn't happen. Right. And we got a little bit lucky with, uh, with Seattle. We get unlucky here with the Rams, uh, sort of those things sort of even out, but I agree. I, you know, and the thing with the Niners, that's interesting. And what makes this league, I think unsatisfying right now to, to you and I is to your point about good and bad teams. The Niners go to Washington next week, probably a womp on them. Mm -hmm. They come home, they face the Panthers. The Panthers are a good, not great team. I think the 49ers will probably handle them. They go to the Cardinals who are kind of a plucky team, but their defense is bad. And, And as much as Murray is coming into his own, I think they'll probably win that game. Then they have home to Seahawks. They could be 8-0 yep. by the time they get this home game with Seattle. We might This might be a situation. We see it all the time, actually. We saw it with the 2017 Rams as well. Teams that pop up and face kind of bad schedules while the other teams in their division regress, it takes almost all the way until the playoffs before we find out if they're actually good. We saw oh. the Rams got, got drilled at home by the Falcons in 2017. This could be the similar fate for the Niners here. This was exactly what I was going to say yeah. about the Niners is it feels like the Rams from yeah. a couple of years ago. And um, and that's not a bad thing. No, I that, mean, it's a it's a good step in the right direction going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. In, in just one short year after. Yeah. So I, I think overall, the narrative for the Niners is going to be, well, you shouldn't be as pumped as most of their fans are. Yeah. But given the state of the NFL right now, which I got to be honest with you, I think a lot of teams suck. I think a lot of quarterbacks are bad. And um, if you have a defense that stays healthy and is as jacked up as they as they get, like, get a shot. Well, and speaking of so I I talk about the Saints, Lattimore, somebody who, you know, has been up and down. But I think we both would agree is super talented today. He only gave up 44 yards on eight targets into his coverage, a pick and a pass defense. Eli Apple, just 20 yards into his coverage. They really did shut down Gardner Minshew. 
And like to, to the degree that that matters, right? Bridgewater, not great again today, although he completed all the passes in the intermediate zone. He did just enough for that last drive. Again, if I get Breeze back and I know that Breeze is going to be a sort of healthy version of who he is, I'm still taking the Saints over anybody else yep. in the NFC. Uh, and granted, kudos to them. I mean, think about like, uh, you know, we need a kudos counter. You're handing them out. I know, but like, but, but good on them for uh, Breeze gets hurt. Everybody says it's the amazing. season's over and they're four. No. And, and as much as, you know, I want to give some credit to Teddy, it's mostly been that defense and the supporting cast around him. That has been terrific. Defense has been great. So you are looking very good. Last week, we tried to rank, you know, the NFC and you went with the saints at the top. The team that I took at the top came out and promptly pooped themselves. Uh, themselves philadelphia themselves that's fantastic the eagles pooped themselves uh in minnesota the the site of where they won the super bowl interestingly with a different quarterback it was really a weird game because the we knew the eagles pass rush was good and we knew the eagles couldn't cover and it turns out that when you have adam thielen and stefan diggs if you can't cover it doesn't matter how good. Your I wonder if Joe is. was watching the game. You think I mean, it would be interesting to, yeah, be exactly what you said. You look at the, the Vikings offensive line. Like if this isn't a bigger victory for coverage, mattering more than pass rush. I don't know. What it is the Vikings left tackle. Riley reef exited the game after 19 or so snaps. He was replaced by Rashad Hill. Who's a career backup. And they, the Vikings are already starting a backup at right guard. This was a situation for the Eagles to eat defensively. And instead what they got was they got, you know, Kirk cousins two you know, or four out of eight passes over 20 yards are complete. Uh, three of them were touchdowns, right? He had another touchdown in the intermediate range. Like Kirk cousins is brilliant today. I mean, Dude, 13 two, yards per pass attempt from a clean pocket, 230 yards off play action, 18 yards per attempt, 158 pass rating. It's off exactly play the game. The Vikings wanted to play yeah. when the, when the Vikings set up, you know, when the Vikings say, what is our perfect game? Their perfect game is playing really good defense, creating turnovers, getting sacks. Uh, Dalvin cook today. He got a positive grade. from. I got a good grade from us. He had just 41 yards on the ground. Right. But they, you know, they they gave 63 of those yards to Alexander Madison, and who cares? They ran play action, to your point. They weren't even efficient running the football necessarily, 3.5 yards a carry, but play action Well, worked. they've established the run game to the point yeah, yeah. of exhaustion. I mean, you look at the this Eagles team, Fletcher Cox was their highest-graded player. He continued to wreak havoc on the interior, and it just didn't matter. I mean, they would, they would play action with these bootlegs, yeah. and it just— you know, Stefan Diggs had three, four seconds to get downfield. It's over. He roasted Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones. I mean, both those guys got absolutely torched. And and so this is the question for the Eagles. In that Super Bowl season, the whole Foles thing gets a lot of publicity. But really, what it was, was their coverage came together and had a great season, yeah. right? And they had Patrick Robinson in the slot. And then that gave the opportunity for them to get to the point where Foles could actually make these they had a healthy Ronald Darby. They had, you know, they, but today they were without Darby. They were without Avante Maddox. Um, Who, well, yeah. Right. But like, <laughs> he's just another body, you know, Jalen Mills is also somebody who's played for them in the past. Who doesn't play for them anymore. That played for that Super Bowl. Yep. Here's a question. And I, I we've always sort of heard this name come up with Kansas city. Jay Patrick Ramsey. Peterson, oh. Jalen Ramsey, like those should be, if the Eagles want to compete and, 
you know, we got made fun of, you know, I got made fun of for, for saying that the, the Eagles would clinch early when Dallas was three and oh, now Dallas is three and three. Yep. This is still the Eagles division. Yep. And well, they play on Sunday night and they play on Sunday night football. Cha-ching. And so if you are the Eagles, I think you have to assert yourself as a front runner for the, for Jalen Ramsey, because it does indeed turn your defense around. I mean, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham are terrific. It's just that they can't continue to get just drilled in the passing game. Your Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas are probably good second and third corners, maybe third and fourth corners. But if you're relying on them to be your two starters, especially against teams with Diggs and Thielen, you're screwed. We'll talk about this in a second with the game. But who are you more concerned about? Which loss was more damning? The Eagles on the road to Minnesota or the Cowboys on the road? The to Cowboys Minnesota. by a country mile. I mean, the Vikings are a contending team in the NFC. As much as we like to give Kirk sure. Cousins crap, they're a good football team. They're well coached. It's unclear to me whether the Jets are an NFL team until today where we saw Darnold was terrific. He was the same. He was the quarterback that we graded as the top quarterback over the last month of last year. They averaged seven over seven yards per play yeah. against a Dallas defense. All of the things that that were said about Dallas are, have come true, and you know I don't how they got there is a little weird. But at, at three and three, like they had a pretty simple start of the season, they have the hardest schedule in the league moving forward. So it's a damning loss for Dallas to Which, me. I, I agree, and here's how I'd look at it. To me, everyone on the Dallas Cowboys is on the hot seat. The Eagles, it's like okay, just won a Super Bowl. You know, we, we know. We're so confident in our talent and our process that there's no remember last year they were like down and out a hundred times over and they still managed to squeak in the playoffs and win a game. So they have this confidence. It's like the opposite. I think the Eagles and the Cowboys are like opposites. So the Cowboys, the littlest thing goes wrong and like yeah. hell is freezing. They're over. front runners. Yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah. Anything goes wrong. If they are in, you know, they are in good shape, then it's like, okay, yeah. everything's perfect. Littlest thing goes wrong disaster for the eagles it's you know the little dog sitting in the room that's on fire they just like don't care and it is only just like it's small stuff for dallas so you know the 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 first week you know against uh new orleans it was like new orleans found out their signals right and like oh just that little small it's not it's not that easy to do to do these signals but the new orleans found out shut them down right um against green bay it was a couple turnovers early and the whole thing shot against the jets it was very much a couple big plays by New York early and then losing Amari Cooper to injury and the whole offense is shot, right? Yep. Uh, you know, Dak was pressured more than he wasn't, right? Uh, which is bad. And and he when clean, he was fine. But, you know, when, you, when you're pressured as much and you're kind of an average-ish quarterback, that's when it sort of starts to add up. So, um, again, Dallas, Dallas is at home this weekend against Philadelphia, right? This is a huge game. We'll talk about the leverage of this once we do the simulations and all that, but it's a a far better Sunday night football game than this last week's was. (laughs) We're going to guess that line in a second, but I have one last question. Okay. And this is, this is going to be, this is going to sound like an overreaction, but is this the worst NFL season that we've had in recent memory? Uh, And I'm going to preface it with, uh, with, I think all the quarterbacks suck. Yeah, well, it's very similar to 2017 in that way. But in 2017, we got some fun stuff that happened, right? We had the Jacksonville Jaguars were good out of nowhere. The Minnesota Vikings were good out of nowhere. Um, we had Alex Smith winning a passing le- passing mm-hmm. title, right? And we're not getting that this year, right? We're getting teams 
like even even look at the Ravens and we I tweeted out the fact you know uh Lamar Jackson at 122 yards b- before contact today. They they are running an offense that is super fun. Um but even them they like couldn't even cover against the Bengals. That game didn't even go over the total. A couple of things that we had a, uh, on Green Line. Like I I like the Ravens and I think that you know moving forward they'll be they'll be fine, but they're not like a compelling team by any stretch of the imagination. We talked about Houston, we talked about Kansas City. Even New England, like the best team in the NFL right now, they're not fun to watch. They're not fun to watch. They have a huge asterisk next to them because they don't. They, their schedule literally doesn't give them any good teams yep. to play. Um, I yeah, that's a good point. The the thing is though, I come back over here and I look at the games, and I look at you know, okay, what games were compelling today? Saints Jaguars was ugly, but it was compelling. Like you, there was a there was certainly a thing that could have happened. Like if the Jags would have won, and the and Texans would have gone to Kansas City and lost. The Jags would have been like a half game out of first in the AFC South. So there was something compelling going on there. Um, you know, obviously Philly versus Minnesota was compelling. 49ers Rams. So they're always like half the games suck, right? And like, for example, Washington versus Miami, you're, ne- you're learning nothing about this long term, right? Um, but, you know, a lot of the games still have compelling things to them, even if the league isn't as quality as it normally is. Yeah, I- I'm a little nervous, to be honest with you, because usually the Things get worse as the season goes on yep. from an offensive standpoint. And here's the way I'll sum it up. If I had to pick one quarterback to watch drop back and pass on every play, it would be Russell Wilson because he's playing very, very well. He's the MVP of the league I so agree. far. And he is dropping back to pass less often than just about everyone uh, south of Kirk Cousins. Although today, he they their run pass splits were terrific. It, and it was because right. they were behind early. Because they were down. And luckily for us, that was one of our two picks that we had today. We did get Seattle minus one and a half, minus two. We got, we got lucky there. We got, you know, I wouldn't say unlucky, but we just picked the wrong side uh, in the second game. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, there's always uh, that's that's yeah. football, folks. Um, but I, I'm I'm nervous. I'm being a little pessimistic okay. here, but I am a bit nervous. Are we going to guess the lines now? Let's, let's do it. OK, just as, before we start this, it's important. We don't want to always talk about uh, this on Thursday, right? Because we did kind of gloat a little bit about, OK, uh, and I think that I think that your quote was "Give me every single one of the Detroit tickets yep. w- w- when they were plus six the other day." But there is some value in listening to what we have to say on this podcast, and then turning around and t- and and getting on Thursday night because these lines change a lot. If you look, um, you know, obviously the the game tomorrow or tonight w- between Detroit and Green Bay is one example where the line is very bettable at six. At three and a half, it's very much less so. Um, there was another one. If you were on Houston, right? Seven and a half was probably a bettable line. And by the time it closes three and a half in Kansas city, it's less, right? You're almost back in Kansas city for the middle there. So things change so much here. And again, that's why this, this whole thing is so fluid in terms of like, okay, what are you taking? Well, it depends upon the day. Right. Uh, and so just, yeah. And that's what makes this fun. It makes it fun. It makes it, but again, if, and we're trying to maybe educate listeners and, 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 you know, bring people along for the ride. It's just important to know that context and, and to know, you know, if we like a game today, we might get additional data midweek, which means we don't like the game yeah. or vice versa. Are we going to educate uh, the listeners on proper footwear as well? Or what do you mean? Rocking this. The, well, you might it might be best for you to do so. Are you making fun of my appearance? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is it's cold in most of the office. So I wear socks. It's still like it's still short season, right? Because it's always short. It's season. always short season. 
but it was also like, hey, I'm not, I don't want to wear shoes today, season. So it, it, you sort of split the difference. There's a reason for everything I do, George. I, I'm not, not saying there isn't. Yeah. I just could, couldn't uh, bring myself not to mention it. And we've already had, so we write down, I write down these things, our guests, and then and during Sunday Night Football, I write down what the line actually is. And we've actually seen like mo- half, you know, movements in some of these already. So okay. uh, buckle up. I'm excited. We're going to do this in order of most interesting to least interesting. Okay. Uh, so that we can keep people here. So basically, if you are just fast forwarding our week six analysis and starting here, the good stuff is coming up. We're going to start with the best game of the weekend, which happens to be on Sunday Night Football. Thank God. And that is uh, Philadelphia going to Dallas. This game is, I think, more compelling now that both teams lost because this is a must win for both teams. I agree. And I have the Dallas Cowboys favored by three in Dallas. I did too. And I think the results of today's game had an effect on this. Well, it's minus two and a half, but it's juiced towards Dallas. Really? That must have just changed. I saw three. Yeah, it's minus well on on bet online. It's minus two and a half, minus 117, which is essentially minus three flat. So sure. we're right on there. Um, I, I agree with the line movement down to minus two and a half, half from three because I think Dallas's loss, as we just talked about, is less impressive than Philly's loss because Philly showed some spunk at the end there uh, against a decent team, and Dallas showed some spunk against what we would consider not a great team. So you, interesting. What what side do you like here? Uh, at two and a half, uh, well, I like the Eagles. Oh, shit. That was a bit? large bug. Oh, wow. On my arm. Uh, I said shit on the last episode. That's going to so. be that's going to be really funny because I probably I tried to stop cursing in the midst and I think that made my voice go higher. So that'll be funny for people to laugh yeah. if there's anyone listening. Um, I'm with you on the Eagles as well. One thing to one thing to discuss in this game is that Dallas does not prop does not necessarily always have a full home field advantage. And that and that was important tonight in the game with Pittsburgh against the uh, against the Chargers. Dallas is not a team that historically has had a great home field advantage. So if you th- if you handicap these two teams equally, you should like Philly at plus three. Here's so there's a couple things that worry me. <laughs> this is funny. Remember how we talked about the Cowboys running all this play action the first three weeks, almost forty percent. Yeah, they ran play action seven percent of the time in this game. They had three attempts off play action. Well, you know why? Because they're behind. You can't. It doesn't you, work when you, you're. Behind. It doesn't work when you're behind. I mean, it's just it's absolutely hilarious. We crown Kellen Moore as being this young child who like listens to the math, and the dude is just, yeah, you know, is uh, drowning right before our eyes. But the Cowboys, the the Cowboys feel like they don't really have an identity. I hate to use this term, but like the the Eagles, at least they feel as though they do. Right, they're an aggressive team. Yeah, Carson Wentz is going to make some plays. They're going to cycle in their running backs. They're going to throw to their tight ends a bunch and see if you can actually stop them. Um, if they had Deshaun Jackson, they would have this kind of like yeah. really multi. And it, and it probably attack. would be. And, and we did see today in Dallas a couple things that happened. Jones was injured, right? They had to they had to go with uh, Jordan yep. Lewis and and Woozie at times. If they're injured and then Philly gets Deshaun Jackson back, this is maybe a different handicap. Um, I agree with you. I but the, the interesting thing with Philly is we have to be careful though too. Is that I mean they ran a fake field goal. Instead right. of just running that a regular was play, that was like really they bad. do some weird stuff too. They're not perfect. They are a gold standard in the NFL in terms of being smart, Decision but they making. don't make perfect decisions. Yeah, I think Doug would would like to have that one back. And here's the thing: they were behind they, by seven. 
the Cowboys at home, if they can get those tackles back, Amari Cooper absolutely shredded this secondary. I mean, it was a disaster last year. And that's not something you can just cover up, right? The Eagles can't just come in and be like, hey, guys, play better against Amari Cooper. They're going to be on the floor dying if they can't, you know, figure out some ways to actually play coverage here. Here's my question. If uh, Philly wins this game, does that mean it's it for Jason Garrett? Yeah, I don't know. I oh, I wouldn't say mid season, not mid season, but just like they did fire Wade Phillips for Garrett in 2010. So that would mean they'd lose four straight. Yeah. After being, I mean, that's the hard part is then you anchor at three and zero, and now you're three and four. And last season, so if I'm thinking about this from Jerry Jones's, and I I've never done, you know, the, I've never been under the influence the yeah. way that he has before, but. If I'm if I'm thinking about it from his perspective, what did they do last year at three and four, three and five? Right. They make a huge move. They traded for Amari Cooper, and that spurned. Like, so what do they have to do at three and three and four this time? They got to make a huge move. They go with Garrett. The hard part is is on that staff. I don't is is Chris Richard the head coach then? Is it? Oh, it's uh, Kellen Moore. Oh, see, that's what I don't know. Whereas right. back in when Wade when he fired Wade Phillips in 2010, they were cla- the yep. Garrett was like the 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 odds on favorite to be the coach, and he ended up being one. All right, yeah, I do. Do you think this moves? I think it moves towards Philadelphia um, yeah. because I think the injury. I think coming out of the game, Philly is going to be healthier, the getting healthier than Dallas, who might be getting less healthy. Yeah. Um, and and the idea that Dallas, you know, banged up on the offensive line, banged up in the secondary. The, well, they lost the seven point favorites. So, <laughs> well, and last year, so a, a good anchor here, and we've done this a few times, especially with the interdivision games. In the the I believe this was the last game that Wentz started last year. Yes, Dallas was a six point favorite at home. That game basically went into overtime, and Rasul Douglas juggled the ball, yep. and, and Mari Cooper scored. Uh, that was brutal, right? And so even in and and that was when like Dallas Goddard had like an eighty yard touchdown call back. The I don't think that much has changed over this time. It's certainly it, it, Dallas. I don't think should be like it's weird. I, I don't think Philadelphia has gotten three points better during that time, but I don't think Dallas should have been that favorite at the time. So it's sort of weird to go back and think about that. All right. That may be uh, a bad eye place this evening, this morning. Just, just saying. All okay. right. Baltimore at Seattle. This is an interesting game. Um, interconference game, but two teams that are sort of, they're like on the fringe, right? Yeah. They both have some flaws, but they're both, they both have quarterbacks that can make plays, yep. and both of their defenses are notoriously good, but have been actually very bad. And so um, it's in Seattle. Uh, I had Seattle favored by three. And I said two and a half. So I basically said I think Baltimore is a little bit better. The market right now is at three and a half and juiced towards Seattle, so almost yeah. out to four. Okay. I, I, you made a perfect point. Both of these teams, his, historically and from a, um, a reputation's sake, have good defenses. Neither team actually has a good defense. In fact, we saw Baltimore's on display when we were rooting for Cincinnati to backdoor cover yeah, at the yeah. end of that game. Uh, and Seattle, like, luck boxed their way into three interceptions and a fumble by Nick Chubb and all that kind of stuff to actually come out victorious on the road. Now, Good team don't have to apologize for those things. It's better to do what Seattle uh, and Baltimore have done, which is mm-hmm. to win out. You know, is to win with not the greatest fundamentals in the world. Um, but I don't think if I'm looking at the total here, fifty-one and a half. That seems like 
that seems blasphemous in, in, seems in the past. Real high. But I kind of like, I mean, I, I do like the idea that this is going to be a higher scoring game. Um, what do you think? This is basically with, with Seattle's home field advantage is saying these two teams are equal. Yeah. Um, I don't really like either side. I, you know, I I'm hard. actually kind of ambivalent here. I'm excited to watch this game. So I think of it in a couple of ways. The first is from the quarterback position. I obviously Russell Wilson is the better quarterback here. Um, but from the coaching st- side, like John Harbaugh plays the underdog role as well as any court, uh, any coach out there. He's going to make decisions that we've seen literally a week ago that Pete Carroll is not willing to make, right? Mm-hmm. He is not going to take those chances, uh, you know, even as a short favorite. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really care. Um, one one thing personnel-wise, Seattle plays a lot of base defense. Baltimore plays a lot of, like, you know, heavy personnel. It might actually play into the fact that Seattle's trying to party like it's 1999 defensively. That, like... It worked against them when when yeah. L.A. was running all those receivers around the uh, around the field, but it might it might be interesting, you know, in terms of Seattle's better against the run than they are against the pass, and Baltimore wants to run the football, so maybe Seattle's defensive deficiencies will be masked a little bit, but not enough for me to lay over a field goal here. Yeah, I, I think if it stays, I think if it gets to, I think if it gets over four, then I'm. The Lamar Jackson show and the ability and this this sounds stupid, but the ability for Justin Tucker to make a kick from literally anywhere on the field and his inability to miss extra points is going to make me back Baltimore incrementally more than Seattle because we saw today with Seattle's team like when extra points aren't a gimme like it's tough to bet on those teams. Yeah, it's true. All right. Uh, next up, Minnesota and the revived Kirk Cousins travel to Detroit, who plays uh, tonight. Yep. On Monday Night Football, um, I have Detroit favored by three in this one too. I said Detroit two and a half, and it looks like people are giving Minnesota a fair amount of um, love here because right now wow. it's currently a pick'em. Wow! And wow! If that's the case, yeah. Well, we'll have to see what happens tonight. But give me Detroit. Yes, I will take Detroit all day long uh, once again, and we're setting ourselves up for. So much failure tonight when when it's just a Lambo, you know, meltdown for yeah. no Devontae Adams. Actually, that number is almost all the way down to a flat three. Not so interesting. The, is Detroit a good enough team for Kirk Cousins to play poorly against? Is <laughs> the real question. I, I don't. I just think it has to be whether that team was good or not. Um, because you know, although Kirk. Strangely, one of our first ever spread picks we made together was two th- in 2017 week two, Kirk on the road against a Rams team that ended up being good yeah. and they won. So maybe it is more reputation than actual fundamentals. But um, I think Detroit does so many things that Philly doesn't do defensively, which is cover cover and and, and the Vikings don't exactly have a ton of t- weapons. They have two. Right. So. Detroit's very strong up front, so they can basically stop the run and convince Minnesota that stuff like play action and all that kind of stuff doesn't work. And then, and then Slay and and the folks in the back end, Coleman can can you know give a, them enough uh, to to really work with Detroit on the other side of the ball. Actually, yeah, I think that they match Minnesota's wits at wide receiver, and uh, and Stafford's a better quarterback than Cousins. So to me, I, I'm going to lean go with the home team here. Yeah, big game in the division. Um, obviously if Detroit wins these next two games, they are, they are the, yes. you know, they have the bullet on their back or the, uh, target on their back. 
uh, for this division. Next up, this is another interesting game. Would have been more had someone not retired. The Houston Texans mm-hmm. on fire go into Indy off a of bye. Um, so we do these before the games start. Yep. So I didn't know the Texans were going to beat uh, the Chiefs. So I, I had Indy as a two and a half point favorite, and I'm guessing that is massively incorrect. Not massive, actually. I I had it more at one. I had it more at one and a half, and that's where it is. Um, but and so you said that just based on. I said that based on the fact that Indianapolis is not as good as Houston. I you think you add up the players, um, but Indianapolis is coming off of a, a bye week. Houston is traveling. This will be their second consecutive road game. Um, all that kind of stuff. So I said Houston's better, but there's enough stuff to yeah. kind of make I mean, Indy Indy's, a small favorite. Indy's coming off a bye and just shut down the Chiefs. Now I expect the Chiefs to be a little bit better against the Well, Texans. but Jacoby Brissett is not a good quarterback right now. I mean, he's good enough to win with, but he's not. He's he's half the quarterback that Watson is, right? So I sort of made them... Yeah, anyway, so it's one and a half. And, you know, this is a rematch of playoffs, right? He, uh, Indianapolis absolutely destroyed Houston both in the playoffs and then their subsequent game in Houston. Um, I, you know, I think the chiefs offer a fundamental singular point in terms of not being able to stop other teams. So if Andy tries to pull some of the nonsense, they pulled in Kansas city last Sunday night against Houston, it'll probably not work. And if you go against Deshaun Watson and he's on and you surrender a possession or two, as mm-hmm. Kansas city found out today, you're screwed, right? Yeah. So, um, I, I might, if I'm getting anything with Houston, whether on the money line or points, I might just take Houston in this one. I'm not nearly as sold. I'm not nearly as sold. Uh, the Bill O'Brien point inflection point here. Uh, get, I'm really a believer in Frank Reich. So I'm too. I actually, well, and the other thing that's going to influence this is how, what healthy is T Y Hilton? Sure. How I healthy would, is, you would think he would be healthy now at the week of rest. Yeah, but then how healthy is the secondary, right? How healthy are the line? Is Darius Leonard going to play? Sure. Um, you know, the thing that's not trivial is that, you know, you can, we can say all we want about Bill O'Brien, the fact that he's a GM now, his, his play calling, you know, his uh, decision-making and all that, but he's getting effective play out of Carlos Hyde, out of Darren Fells. Earl Campbell. Out of, out of Kenny Stills, out of Kiki Kuti. He's getting, like, Will Fuller might get 1,000 yards this year. And, and De- DeAndre Hopkins, like was the best non quarterback in football a season ago. And he's not right now. Right. Sure. And they're still have playing efficiently. So I'm not saying bill. I'm, I'm sold on bill O'Brien. What I'm saying is, is like, he's like, it looks like he's getting a fair amount of run out of this team. Offensive line. Isn't good either. No, I'm with you. Um, yeah, just the, the Atlanta game was super fluky. Cause Atlanta's absolute garbage and this chiefs game was also weirdly fluky with the fumble at the end of the half and the fact that the chiefs quite literally if i played running back i would look like earl campbell yeah. as well um that's which, true uh yeah anyways um new orleans goes to chicago coming off a of bye um so this will be this will be teddy versus chase daniel or mitch oh is he potentially back yeah oh can you imagine, like, I, this is going to put you in a position to root for Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, this is going to put Mitch you in a, is back, This is going to put you in a position to like Teddy. Let's go. Um, I have the Bears favored by a point and a half. 
and I had them favored by three and a half. Wow. Again, bye week, the Teddy hand. Like, you know, I talk a big game on Teddy, but like whenever I have to put my money where my mouth is, I mean, the Saints have just been like unstoppable. And Trubisky sucks. Trubisky is garbage. And now the whole world has seen it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's look at where. Three and a half, minus 115. So shaded towards the Bears. Well. Let me uh, <laughs> let me open up my pocketbook. Here. Yeah, I I would agree that I I think if it's if if this is where the number is, um, then you have to back Bridgewater and and New Orleans, don't you? I mean, the the thing with Chicago is they were they're getting healthy. Although Hakeem Hicks is going to be out for a while, um, their defense is has not regressed the way it's that we great. that we that we said they would. Although they played poorly against the Raiders, um. I don't know, man. Who like how much? Okay, put a percentage to it. How much better is Chicago's defense than New Orleans' defense? Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, who who knows? I would say maybe fifteen percent, even, and that's that's like a high estimate. Yeah, it's I, they're both good defenses. Yeah, like defenses are either good, have a one weakness, or are bad. Yeah, right. And both these defenses are in the good category. Yeah. Now Chicago's probably a little bit better, but. Like that also is a function of who they played and Derek Carr played. So you're getting the better quarterback getting points. Yes. In this situation. Better quarterback and I think and better coach uh, getting points. Yes. That's how I feel about it. Okay. Thursday night football. Your Chiefs go into Denver, Colorado to face the now steaming hot Denver Broncos. We, We inspired them. Who beat. And just an egregiously dude, the Titans, the Titans team. I mean, Marcus, remember when we said the Titans were the biggest movers after week one and we said Mariota has to play better, though, for this to materialize. And Titans fans were so mad, so mad, so mad. This is seven of them. Yeah, right. And it turns out that when your quarterback has the lowest completion percentage from a clean pocket, in other words, unencumbered. Yeah, yeah. In the pocket. That's not good for you. That's going to be bad. Yeah. Um. I have the uh, real quick. Does Mariota play quarterback again for the Titans for the or anybody for the Titans? Yeah, Tannehill's not finishing. I mean, Tannehill will start some games and then he'll get hurt, and then okay. they're going to throw. Well, are they putting? Ta- is Tannehill playing next week or when they? I think right, they have a bye. No, they play the Chargers. <laughs> Can you imagine that game? Good. So I it, realistically, I think no. I think I think Tannehill plays. Uh-huh. And I think he plays well because the Chargers are the Chargers. Okay. And then he play like he'll play for about a month, and then he'll get hurt, and then Mariota's going to trot back out there. Back and, out there. Yeah. Do you think someone signs Mariota next year to not start? not to be a starter? Okay. I think he's a good backup. Yeah, I agree. Guy I that just, can move on his feet and his former sucks. number two pick yeah. that's going to be a backup. Sucks. I have the uh, this was before Denver uh, played the SmackDown. I don't think that really matters. I have Denver favored by six and a half. Uh, sorry, uh, getting six and a half. And that's what I had, and the you will be interested to know that the betting market does not agree. Three and a half. Whoa. So you and I. Ow. There was an overreaction. Shh. Oh. Well. <laughs> uh, three and a half. Joe Flacco. I mean, what did so, so I can see I can see where they're coming at because you just watched a defensive performance that is just so bad. I mean, it was. So and the other team shut so, somebody out. So yes, so so bad. And what does Denver do? They run the ball. 
That's just quite literally, that is what they do. And they do it very, very well. So I can kind of see where the market is coming from here. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is it just like the, the, the Broncos are not particularly injured. They have pretty good personnel. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Sanders left the game. Okay, so I take that back. So if he, but the Chiefs are more injured where it counts. Like if you tell me, okay, Sammy Watkins is going to play a Thursday night football game again in his ever in his career, I'm going to say I'll take the under point yeah. five Thursday night football games yep. for Sammy Watkins the rest of his career. Um, so like Kansas City's none of these guys are walking through the door today, right? Whereas Denver's healthy, and to your point, their strengths offensively match are, up nicely. Match up nicely. So. I'd still, I mean, if this got down to, because Kansas City right now, it's shaded towards Denver. If this thing gets to three by whatever, I'm going to lay the three and take Andy Reid. Right? Andy Reid on a short week is going to run laps around Vic Fangio. I'm sorry. Like, this will be a very interesting game. Very interesting. Total game. on this game 50. A, 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 a game after Denver's total against uh, Tennessee was in the like yeah. low 40s, and the game, like, didn't even get close. I, I personally really like the spot for Kansas City. It is a short week. They have lost two in a row at home. Denver is fraudulently high, right? Yeah. So they just it's the same. It's the so same they thing beat a work. Chargers team on the road. The Chargers suck. Yeah. Not right. Good. The Chargers just lost to a guy that is a duck hunter. <laughs> Did, <laughs> Did you, you hear that interview? <laughs> I mean, I'm stoked for him, but yeah. man, that was yeah, hilarious, yeah. right? So they the Chargers are trash. Denver beat the Chargers with a home crowd. Yeah, yeah. And then they beat the Titans, who have a guy that isn't going to be playing quarterback next year as their starting quarterback. Yeah. So I am all for the Chiefs here. I will be making an another investment. another wager. Okay. An investment. Next up, Monday night football. Did I do the the test tour? Did he uh, What is Monday night football next week? I it is the New England Patriots at the New York Jets. This is now a compelling game because Sam Donald played well. Oh, is it? <laughs> and Greg Williams blitzed the living crap out of Dak Prescott and didn't see it coming. Will Tom Brady see it coming? I had the Jets as 10-point dogs going into the – or no, 13.5-point dogs going into the game. I have them I have them as 16.5-point dogs. And you can imagine after yeah. it's 10, and to bet the Jets, you got to lay 125. Which wow. at total on this game forty three. So you're seeing a very similar situation to what yep. you saw on Thursday, which is a high spread, not as high as you saw on Thursday. High spread, low total in a New England game. I, I mean, the New York Jets do enough things offensively that are compelling. You have Jamison Crowder underneath, who was very good, mm-hmm. and you have Robbie Anderson over the top. Mm-hmm. You have Le'Veon Bell. You have Tell an off. More. You have an offensive line that's not. DS. Oh, so when I look at when I look at forty three, me the Jets. When I want, when I no no when I look at forty three, I like the over. Oh, okay. You know, because I okay, I can get with you on the over because I don't think the Jets' defense is good. So like uh, they have one Jamal Adams is terrific today, but I, the the rest of that defense is not great. And so when I look at this game, I sort of more like the total. I I can get behind that. I, the Cowboys, in my opinion, are bad. And I thought this was going to be a rough game for the Cowboys. I didn't think they would lose it. Yeah. But I I tried to convince uh our super contest partner, my super contest partner to uh to roll with the Jets, 
did not happen, but whatever. Um, the Cowboys suck. So if I had to bet this one, I, I would, I would take the pass. Yeah, no, I think that this line is, I mean, no game is going to change the line to your point, six and a half points to my point, three and a half points at, at 10. They are begging you to tease this with something, right? Uh, tease. Oh, tease the paths down. Yeah, yeah that would right. Mm-hmm. 10 through seven through six as well. So, um, yeah, I, yeah. If I had to take one side, I think, I think I am fading the jets beating the beating up on an injured Cowboys team. Okay. Next up, the Oakland Raiders, fresh off of the uh, post-London bye, are visiting the Green Bay Packers. I have the Packers saved by 7.5 in Lambeau. I am with you. And interestingly, now the game has not been played yet, the market likes Packers at 6.5. Wow. Okay. So we're a little bit underrating the the Oakland Raiders. If it is 6.5, I know Rodgers is pretty maddening. Um, but that defense is too good. Derek Carr is not good enough. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers is I, – I, I would like the Packers minus the six and a half here at Lambeau Field. I am with you there. Even after the – and part of this is probably the fact that Oakland – again, we're getting this again. Oakland, two weeks off. Green Bay, a short week, right? That, that, that rest is, uh, differential is playing into this, I think. Yeah, uh, it has to be. The future Super Bowl champion, San Francisco 49ers, go to Washington Ugh. to play the Redskins. Um, I obviously said this before the beatdown occurred. So I had the uh, Niners favored by six and a half, and I'm sure it is more than that now. I said six and a half as well. It is now nine and a half, but it's been <laughs> down. It's down from 10. It, it started at 10 when I looked earlier today. I mean, this has to get a little lower, right? I would to. say, I mean, Washington almost lost to Miami. True. But there are some redeemable things about Washington. Namely, their quarterback is actually an NFL player. Um, Terry McLaurin is a pretty solid. Is an NFL player. Is an NFL player. Their defense. That's where it stops. Yeah, that's true. That is where it stops. So if if you look at San Francisco, this is another game where. And again, we saw this a lot with the Rams in 2017. This, there's so many parallels. But the it's one ridiculous. the one parallel is that when the Rams played a bad team, they not only won, but they beat the hell Just out of that team. Stomped them. Like the 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 uh I I always have this in my mind when they had like a third and thirty seven against the Giants on the road and they ran like the tunnel screen to to uh Robert Woods and he, and he fixed it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's and he scored on it. And it's like I think San Francisco might be that team this year where like they just boat race every bad team and the models might not ever predict that, but um, it might be something to get out ahead of. Yeah. They're, they, they, they're playing with a chip on their shoulder yeah. on every single play. The aforementioned Los Angeles Rams are going to Atlanta. Stop. So just stop. Right you there. made the comparison between these two teams today and it made me want to cry to be perfectly honest, because I think you're kind of right. And it's really sad. Uh, Both teams loaded with offensive talent. Both teams made it to the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. Both had chances of winning the game and both pooped it down their leg. Uh, Peed it down their leg, whatever it is. Um, So uh, first question before guessing the line, will Dan Quinn be the coach of this team when this game happens? Well, I'll say this. He'll either coach this game or if he coaches this game, he's coaching the rest of the games this year. 
I I think you. I think if if you're not going to fire him after what just happened yep. today, you're never going to fire him until the season's over. Yep. So so if that's the case, if you're the Falcons and you think Quinn gets fired at some point in time, he's getting fired tomorrow. Um, Do you think he will be? No. Okay. I I actually think so because of the Matt Bryant thing. I think weirdly Matt Bryant actually. Kind well, of them bungling the kicker situation to a point where they, they got literally no usable kicker in the preseason and they had to bring back. Yeah. You know, this old guy, you know, not as old as some people say he is, but old. And Shanks an extra point, yeah. And he's like one of the good ones. He's a reliable kicker. Unfortunately, I I have the uh, Atlanta Falcons uh, getting two and a half points. I said four and a half, and it looks like it is three and a half. But to lay the th- to to pick up the three and a half points, you have to lay minus one twenty five. So it's kind of a three. It's kind of a three here, uh, which is kind of right smack dab in the middle of where we have it. I want nothing I, to do with this game. Okay, well, I kind of like the Rams. I kind of like the Rams indoors um, against a against air offensively. That's like the perfect anecdote to bat off. Yeah, it's actually a great point. The this is the perfect game for the Rams. <laughs> yeah. What am I saying? Sorry, it's a I, little late, but it's, I'm scarred. I understand that. I'm very scarred here. This is a great spot for the Rams, right? Yeah, because the D, there's absolutely nothing the Atlanta Falcons can do to make your offense look bad. Nothing. The, the They're Atlanta, impotent. The Atlanta Falcons With are res- currently they are on fire. The the Rams are right now battling to stave it off. The Rams defense has been an issue this year, but not a big enough one for the Falcons to just drag them up and down the field. Yeah. Whereas the so so Ryan today, for example, had four touchdowns over four hundred yards and a loss. Right, like Matt Ryan's not the problem. Okay, nope. he wasn't the problem against Houston. He was he's never been the problem, and they still can't beat teams like Arizona. Right, the Rams are actually a good team with a good coach and a decent set of personnel on defense. They should boat race Atlanta in this one. I and. Again, like we're overreacting, obviously, because you know the Falcons have been consistently underperforming. But this is to me, the Rams are equally underperforming at this point and should be the ones to emerge from it. Yeah, I can I can get with you behind the Rams there. Uh, the Cardinals, who just won, they they won two straight, and Kyler was good, uh, very good. Are going to play the New York Football Giants and Daniel Jones, rookie of the year battle right here. Yeah, stop. Um. I have the Giants favored by three and a half. And I said two and a half, and it appears to be where I'm looking three. Yeah, three, um, but a lot if you want to back Arizona. So plus three, Arizona's minus 125. So if you want the better quarterback getting the points, you're going to have to pay for it here on the road. I figured there would be a little bit of um, like – well, the Giants just played the Patriots. That doesn't matter at all. And the Cardinals stink. But the Cardinals won. So I think everybody who harder. watched the Giants game knows that those two touchdowns were about as fluky as they like. Sure. Golden Tate score. You know, it was a good play, but they're not. That's not repeatable. And then the, the fumble return. The thing that the thing that, that's low key about this is that both defenses are beige. And so like this over under is 49. The color or garbage. The, the, oh, this. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and so if I'm looking at this, I'm looking at this total being 49. I don't know why this total is 49 and other games are in the 50s right now in the NFL because the only thing keeping 
would be the weather. Would be the weather also and the Giants injuries, right? So, you know, if they get right, Ingram right. and, and Shepard and uh, Barkley back, I think that they'll there will be points to be put up here because both the Cardinals and the Giants defenses are horrible. I'm excited for this game, actually, because it seems as though Kyler Murray might start. Yeah, it seems like Kyler Murray is e- easily the, the Atlanta best. Falcons defense has a way of jumpstarting uh, opinions of players. Uh, let's see here. Next Sunday. No, it looks like the weather's going to be fine. 70 and eight mile an hour winds. So okay. I do like, I do like that. Can we talk about the most egregious line of the weekend? Well, I don't know. What's the next game that you wanted to talk about? Let's talk about Miami versus Buffalo. Okay. I have Buffalo favored by 11. And I, and I, I, I always seem a little shorter than you on these. I, I said 10 and a half. So you and I were on the same wavelength here. This game, this has opened as 16 and a half. To Buffalo, yeah. It does, it, I had a feeling when I wrote it down that I was going to be well short. I just can't. I don't. The two point play that the Dolphins ran was <laughs> was the the tank summed up. Yeah, right. It was a oh most teams go for two here because they want to win. We're going for two here because we want to <laughs> lose. Right. I agree. I that 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 does appear to be the most parsimonious answer. Um, Do you have a problem with what the Dolphins are doing? No, I don't. Because my thing is, is well, I mean, no. I be the, there is a a very well defined path to to success in the NFL, and it is not to sign Jameis Winston this offseason. It is not to sign Marcus Mariota this offseason. Yeah. It is not to sign Ryan Tannehill this offseason. It is to draft the best quarterback. Well, they already had Tannehill. So. <laughs> it is to sign the Cleo be- Lemon still out there. <laughs> right. Quinn Gray. Bring Adam it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's to draft the best quarterback available. And unfortunately, Rosen, there were some people who thought he was the best quarterback in the 2018 draft class. He certainly is not that player. Well, but if you're tanking while finding out if he's good, like that. That's great. And we're, they're finding out the whole, the only, so, the, but I, so I disagree that you can find out whether a quarterback's good while simultaneously trying to tank. Uh, right. Well, sure. If Rosen's playing for a team, if Rosen's playing for a if team, Rosen's that, on the saints right now, he looks fine. Well, but, but we've seen limitations to that as well. Golf is on the Rams who have, a great infrastructure, and he stinks. They haven't learned the definition of a quick game yet. Yeah. So right. Whereas, whereas the Dolphins are saying, "Look, man, we're giving you Gasecki, who is a previously high draft pick. We're giving you Devontae Parker, who is a high draft pick. We're giving you Kenyon Drake, who you know is a national championship running back. We're giving you at least Stop some it. NFL players Stop. on your team." But the thing is, but again. Like there's enough tape on Rosen from last year to say this is a very speculative bit, right? Sure. And they didn't start trading all their players. They they didn't go into the season thinking they were good, but they didn't start trading all their players away until after they had training camp with Rosen. Yeah. They literally didn't start him week one. They Great they point. they saw those two quarterbacks and said Fitzpatrick's our guy. Is I the- I don't have an issue with tanking. I. I think that, again, there's a well-defined path, and there was in the NBA, and that was why tanking, I thought, was fine in the NBA as well. In the NFL, it's about getting a franchise quarterback, and it's very difficult to do so, as the Cardinals found out when they drafted Rosen at 10. Yeah. It's very difficult to do so anywhere but number one. Do you think there's an obligation? Like, 
there there have been tank jobs that people have gotten mad about and that people haven't gotten mad about. Yeah. And it's the line between them is very interesting. Like the level of egregious disaster mm-hmm. is different. And I just I wonder if there's a way to do it that doesn't make people super angry. Well, I don't think the Dolphins have been uncompetitive. I think that they've been bad. Like, I don't think that yeah. they're not Mark Madsen shooting seven threes in the 80, 82nd Timberwolves game. Right. They're like today. Rosen was cheeks. They put in Fitzpatrick and they almost won. Like that's that's a compelling game. You can't be using positive words in it with a negative connotation. <laughs> so so like and, and against so in week in week one, yeah, they got boat raced, but it was also a, a they didn't not try. They just got beat in week two. Uh, they they held the Patriots to like twenty points offensively. They just had a couple pick sixes. Week three, they were basically in the game the whole time against Dallas until the very end. Like they're not they're not not trying on the field. They're just yeah. bad. Here's why I think people have such a hard time with yeah. it. And I think it, it's deeper than the, oh, I'm a fan and I bought tickets to this and whatever. And like, okay, well, if you're a season ticket holder, you should be happy. They're trying to get better. And if you happen to buy like random tickets to one game, you're an idiot. Yeah. That that I don't think has anything to do with it. Here's what I think it is. This th- There's no other situation in life that is like this. So you and I can't be like, oh, yeah, I get it because I've done something similar before. Like, right? Like, none of us are like, hey, you know what? I'm going to suck at my yeah. job for a year so that, guess what? Next year, I get the number one pick of what job I want, yeah. and I can then do better. That doesn't happen, right? There's no, like... Have you ever seen the movie Margin Call? <laughs> it's like exactly what Kevin Spacey told the traders to do. I mean, there's just... It's it's a tough it's thing hard. to relate to, right? You know? It's like, oh, I'm going to be a shitty person to my significant other for a whole year yeah. so that I can buy all this, like... But in reality, no... what it is, it's like, I'm a... Sh- I'm a crappy player, and so I am happen to be on this team that wants to be crappy on purpose-ish, right? It's sort of more of a, like, no one, it's sort of that thing where, like, 90% of people think they're above average drivers. Mm-hmm. Like, 80% of people think that they're above average at what they do. Right. Like, the Dolphins are, are just, like, we see the results every week. But I don't think that they're, I don't think there's a moral a moral issue here. I think it's more that they just have bad players, and they're getting the results of bad players playing football. Yeah. I would argue they have a, a moral, the, the moral, like, the, the, what they have to do is try to win Super Bowls. Yeah. Right? Well, Th- that's their obligation. And they and their current approach, and this is why, I, again, why I come back to supporting tanking. The current approach for the Dolphins since Dan Marino retired in 1999 was, has been to let's be, at, let's be good enough to compete in the AFC East. And that has failed spectacularly so oh, yeah. at least trying to rebuild so when whenever brady retires in year 2027 they have a franchise quarterback and a team that they built their way with the coach that they have their way we looked at the scheme clustering stuff and their 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 defense is exactly the same as the patriots in terms of like the scheme like i get all of it and again to your point their goal is to win the super bowl and all previous approaches towards that goal have failed spectacularly. This one is just another approach. Yep, and it's the right approach. All right, we just talked for like five minutes on tanking, which I think was good. Great content. Uh, let's go through these last two games. By the way, Buffalo at sixteen and a half. Dude, touching there's the Dolphins. N- yes, come on. This is this is begging to be played. <sighs> yeah, Fitzpatrick man. revenge game if he starts. Look, I, I have felt great about the Dolphins getting. Over two touchdowns multiple times and it has not worked. Is Buffalo out. worse than the Chargers? Because the Chargers got sixteen in Miami. Yeah. 
It's just a weird. It's weird because Buffalo has freaking Josh Allen. Josh Allen throws one pick six in this cover for the for the the Bills is right. blown. But you could also see Josh Allen rushing for like two hundred yards in this game. You, you can for sure. Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Uh, so we could go see Gardner Minshew. We I could, guess. yeah, we could go shake his hand. Good lord, uh, I have the Bengals getting four and a half at home. I had them at two and a half, and it looks like we've split the difference. The Bengals three um, and a half, three. It's actually three now. Um, so congrats. Uh, yeah, I mean it's I whatever. Mean, it's like probably because the Jacksonville Jaguars could not score at home. Yeah, well, that might be it. Yeah. Um, I don't know here. There's there's really no reason to talk more about this game other than Gardner Minshew is better than Andy Dalton already. Yep. No, that's it. Uh, actually, there is a reason to talk about this game. Does Zach Taylor make it past a year? Stop. Of course he does. Zach Taylor is in year one of 17 right Dude, now. What are they doing over there? They just, they're, they're like, they're a bad, ver- they're like a less bad version of the Dolphins. They're, yeah. They don't have talent. You're like, look, man, the combinate, like if you took my height and your build, we could play left tackle for the, for the Bengals. That's fair. It's a great point. Yeah, they did draft tackle. It doesn't work out. Okay, he makes it past year. There you go. Chargers at Titans. Ugh. <laughs> uh, I have the Titans favored by one. Yeah, let me. Um, and it's not. It's it's just got taken off the board. But I, I had see a pick. I saw it at pick them. I had Tennessee at plus one and a half. Wow. So I was I was looking forward to a Chargers win tonight. Yeah. Although Green Line ended up having Pittsburgh money line, which is well new, not it new. Uh, so the the uh, this game sucks. Yep, that is the week seven slate uh-huh. uh, game. You're most excited to bet on is what? Uh, Teddy <laughs> plus three and a half in Chicago. Yeah, I like that one quite a bit. I also like Detroit uh, as a pick'em against Minnesota. Yep. Um, I like Philly. Um, and here's the one that I think I like the most. Kansas City. Yeah, I think that that's a fairly solid uh, collection. Hopefully, um, you know we we have a decent number of edges in this this week. Ooh, edges! And we uh, we can talk about excited. them Thursday. But again, a lot of these numbers will change. Enjoy them now. Uh, until then. Oh, sayonara. Yeah, we'll see you guys later. the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. 
That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get uniquely yours ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details.